Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brands. Welcome to the post-match edition of the show. Danny, it's great to see you. And it's great to, to be on the back end of a 3-0 win over LA Galaxy in Coachella this morning. The game kicked this morning in Coachella, an 11 a.m. local kick. Uh, just wrapped up about uh, 20 minutes ago. And it's it's so great to have everybody here live. I'm, I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on all of this, Danny. Um, so for me personally, um, I'm, I'm just excited to celebrate a, a win and celebrate a clean sheet. Good times. Clean Come sheet, on. Danny, 3-0. I love it, man. Yeah, I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. Charlotte FC. Oh, I was a little off there. I was a little off there. I'm not in midseason form. Charlotte FC. There we go. That's much better. 3-0, baby. We beat the Galaxy. Took them out, took them on, took them over. Uh, pretty much dominance. I thought we were getting a little bit beat around early in the first half, but we kind of uh, eventually asserted our will, put it all together, and just put together a really thorough performance. Kept through to, you know, we didn't score any goals in the first half, had a couple nice chances, which we'll look at. We are here live on the Charlotte Soccer Show. We had three really nice chances that were all finished off in the second half with the subs coming in and you can say what you want about preseason but man it was just nice to see balls kicked in anger again it was just nice to see things uh clicking for our team it was nice to see sort of this this new look attack that we've been told is all addition by subtraction and uh it all added up to three goals johnny it was pretty nice we looked good out there at times with real good and copetti looked like he was having fun yeah, he did. And that's going to be one of our uh, big takeaways from today. We've got takeaways to talk about. We've got highlights to show uh, from this match. We appreciate all the tremendous friends of the show are hanging out with us now uh, live. We're going to show some highlights. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get your thoughts as well. So drop some comments. I'm going to make, I'm, we're going to reveal the trialist. We're going to reveal the identity of the trialist. We have done, I, I was, I was firing off to my sources and I've got some secret information that nobody else has. We know who the trialist is. We're going to reveal it today. <laughs> I think one of the, the best parts about our, our trialist bit on social media is that people actually think we don't know who the trialist <laughs> is. You think we don't know who the freaking trialist is? Come on now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mentioned the game was an, an 11 a.m. Uh, mm -hmm. kick. Um, and I want to remind you that this show is presented, of course, by our friends at Hotfly. And they've got a special beer this week, Danny. It's called Primetime. This game wasn't in primetime. Uh, we've got primetime games coming up as well. But the primetime Kolsch style ale, uh, it, it's one of those crispy ales. And it's it's one of those crushable crispy ales, Danny Rams. I can see Crush you, it. you and I crushing one of these in the in the in the future. It's a crispy delight from the first sip uh, to the last, adorned with citrus notes on the nose and a touch of noble bitterness on the finish. Say ho say hello to the return of crisp and savor the refreshing journey from start to finish. Make sure you get your hands on one of those primetime Kolsch ales. I know you love crushable. Crushable is a huge thing in, in beer in your in your beer life, John. And I love crisp. So this is like the perfect beer for our show. You know, the prime time, like uh the Kolsch, you know, like it's crush crushable and crisp. Usually you think crushable, you think watered down, you think, you know, American uh Anheuser-Busch crap. This is this sounds like the real deal. I can't wait to go try one. So let's get right into it, Danny. I think my, my first takeaway, and I think maybe this is the first highlight we can show, if you don't mind being on the ones and twos on the highlights. I'm on today. the ones and twos, baby. I'm going to do my best. I got two statues up there that said I might know what I'm doing, even though I pointed <laughs> in the wrong direction. So I don't even know how to do uh, reverse uh, uh, polarity here on the uh, on the old screen ski. So the first takeaway is this is certainly what I would call a Copetti or Copetti 
confidence game. <laughs> <laughs> Shout oh, out to man. the announce crew. I mean, you, you watch enough games, you're going to hear enough weird announcing and pros, uh, pronunciations and stuff like that. But uh, that was a, a new one for Copetti. And so it was it was Enzo Capetti. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's it's tough. As soon as I as soon as I uh, saw that it was the LA Galaxy broadcast team and the, the broadcasters were very familiar with LA Galaxy and not as familiar right. with Charlotte FC, I thought there would be some funny commentary throughout the match. And uh, what I didn't expect was our only sole designated player's name right. to be pronounced so far off. So guy, guy who was out in California three weeks ago for media day. You know, you think they might have paid a little bit of attention, but you know what local, local H saying? You just don't get it. You keep it copetisetic, and uh, that's the way it went this week. Uh, so take, let's take a look at this uh, first goal from. You'll from see the Enzo goal. Let's see the goal. Tavares knocks this one forward. Kopati with the chance, puts it on his right foot, fires and scores. And Charlotte takes the one nothing lead inside 57 minutes with a direct play down the middle of the park as Kopati got beyond the defense and was able to beat the goalkeeper Michovic. It is one nothing, Charlotte FC. Good ball down the middle of the park. Mavinga stuck that left foot out. Couldn't get a piece of it. And that allowed Kopati to walk on in on Michovic. On the bounce. Wrong-footed it, unfortunately. Michovic committed towards the near side. Good job. Kopati just back net for the one nothing Charlotte lead. So I'll start with Enzo Capetti, then I'll then I'll let you talk about Tavares, Danny, because I think that that, that ball there, that right-footed ball uh, down the middle, beating mm-hmm. two defenders, was a, was a really really nice pass. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, the point that I wanted to make about Enzo Capetti here to to start off um, the show and and why I'm calling this a Copetti confidence game is because he didn't start this game. Uh, Patrick mm-hmm. Ajemong was was given the start at the at the striker position, and it, it felt like the, it, there was there was a bit of service towards Patrick Ajemong. He didn't get the end of he didn't get on the end of, of a ball into the box. Uh, but when Copetti came onto the pitch, uh, Danny and mm-hmm. and well, you saw him taking up positions and you chance. saw him working right in that striker position. Yep. And in ways that maybe Patrick Ajemong, you know, wasn't. And and I want to be clear about this, right? Patrick Ajemong is a player that we seriously have high expectations for. Mm-hmm. He, he's a player that that we really like, and, and he's a and he's a player um, that we think has a bright future. But but Enzo Capetti right now, based on coming in in that second half and based on the positions that he took up, his finishing ability there, I was really impressed. And and not only do I think that Enzo Capetti will gain confidence from this performance today. I think fans of Charlotte FC will gain confidence right. in Enzo I'll gain confidence from the smile that, that that we saw in the celebration of the goal. You know, I love the ball. We'll talk about the ball in a minute here. If, if you're listening, we're, we're showing just some replays of, of the goal as we talk about this here. And I love the way he kept his run on side. The ball is brilliant for keeping him on side, obviously. But, I mean, look at that. Look, I mean, he's so happy. He just scored the first goal of the Coachella Valley Invitational, you know? Like, he's he, just like when he scored against St. Louis. I, that's about as happy as I've seen him since uh, since he scored against St. Louis. So, I'm, I'm really loving it. Um, I think that Enzo has a chance to be the man this year, right? That's what he's always wanted is that chance to be the man. And He has. That, that's, and, that, that, and right now, with no other designated player – on the on the roster with Patrick Ajmong, a, a really young project striker there as well. Mm-hmm. Kopati 
is is all in this year. I mean, he's the he's the guy. Metric of success checking in. Go Petit. Thanks Here's what we got to do. So now we need to get the Westwood Tea Club. You know, which should just be called the Charlotte FC Tea Club. You don't need Westwood's name on there because you need to expand the brand beyond Westwood. You need to bring in Enzo. You need to bring in the Copa Tea. Copa Tea can be like what we drink, you know, before matches. Maybe, maybe I slip a little whiskey into my Copa Tea. You know, you, know, I don't you know, never know. I think I think the Copa Tea joke has about a twenty-four-hour shelf life. Uh, <laughs> after that, I don't think it's gonna be funny anymore. New uh, but DP right now, I'm, ha- I'm happy tea to enjoy. Says it. Brian Ebert, you know, you gotta love it. But I think oh, the yeah. ultimate point is what Joe Garcia here says is that Kopati's mostly happy that Carroll's out of his way. And who is it, right? Like Carroll's out of everybody's way. Tavares, Ajman, Kopeti, it's amazing, you know? You know, it's something I was thinking about last night and as I was kind of thinking about the season ahead. It was it was the final sleep before the, the Charlotte FC season officially began. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of hard to show it. I'm 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 calling the Coachella Invitational, you know, the start of the season because I think the the preseason games that we've played so far was was really part of training camp. This is a real mm-hmm. competition. Mm-hmm. You know, you can win this competition, the Coachella Invitational, and Charlotte FC I think is there to do that, especially coming off of a a three uh, to nil win. But mm-hmm. there's no doubt about this, and you mentioned his spot, smile. Vibes are good right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, within this locker room, and you, and you can tell that this team is is together and. I don't think we need to paint Carroll as a as a as a scapegoat. I appreciate what Joe Garcia is saying that he's happy Carroll is out of his way. Um, but you can go back, Danny, to last season where Carroll and Enzo Capetti were really taking up the same positions on the the pitch, and that's the point that I want to make overall. Danny was that you could tell when Capetti came on the pitch, he was taking up positions, and nobody else was was in and around him fighting for that space, and it was it was right. it felt free. Well, isn't that what you said? You posted, if you follow us, you got to follow us on all the channels to get the full Charlotte soccer experience. Like you posted on our IG story the other day, your reaction to Copetti's workout photo, because he was grinding some biceps. And you're just like, I want Copetti huge and yoked this year and dudes just bouncing off him. Did you see that today? Yes, a hundred percent. You could see him there taking up space, using his body and positioning. This is a this is a Capetti confidence game, Danny. Mm-hmm. I'm gaining uh, confidence in Enzo Capetti after this performance, and I think a lot of people in the fan base are. And when you think about players who are committed to this project in the very very short term, Enzo Capetti is that. You know, Enzo mm-hmm. Capetti has a chance to go out this season and and make up for what felt like a lost. 2023 and bounce back with a a really strong 2024 yeah i mean that's that's what's got to happen because if not he'll be his ass will be back in argentina real real quick you know real soon um interesting to see the you know everybody up there we know that vargas is still doing some citizenship issues down in colombia he's kind of indisposed i believe that's meant towards building him to eventually someday not take up an international roster spot. I think he's just on that on that path, and this is a process. That's why he's not there now. Hopefully he'll join by the end of camp. But until then, we have Tavares, man. And I, I really like what we saw with Tavares. Let, let's just show the – let me just show the pass, and and you love a good pass. Like It's I mean, a line-breaking pass. That? The, the vision it's a line-breaking pass. It's a line-breaking line pass, exactly. That's and keeps exactly, him onside. When, when Enzo receives the pass, he is offside. But when he got when this pass was made, we don't see it on the screen, but he was onside. And it's just like the vision to beat three guys with that pass and set Enzo up for a one-on-one. You know, LA Galaxy, Mitrovic is supposed to be a decent keeper. He's a new keeper for them. I mean, look how that just went over. You know, in, in hockey, they call that a two-line pass, right? My hockey uh, knowledge isn't isn't maxed out. But I also want to show, let me bring up another clip uh, because this one's pretty nice too. 
This is the uh, Tavares chance in the first half. Tavares started this game, and he got a really nice chance based off some really nice team play. And I think this chance, even though it didn't finish, it really showed the strength of Nathan Byrne, who's another guy you wanted to shout out. So Petty, Kopati played great. Tavares played great. Nathan Byrne played great. So watch him in this phase of play here, right? He kind of works the ball down the sideline, and he, he gets it to Arfield, another guy who had a great game. And look how we're just kind of like doing what we want. We're setting the buildup in a way that's a little more progressive, I think, than what you saw with Latanzio. I mean, buildup's buildup, but that ball right there, that pass. That pass from Byrne to Arfield was amazing. Almost got Ajimong a chance, but it was blocked. But then we stay with it, and Byrne cooks him and then sends in a left-footed cross right on Tavares' head. That's a great save. So it's like that could have, should have been a goal. Byrne shows a sick pass to set up a play. He shows then a cross with his other foot. Later in the same phase of play after Charlotte kept it in. And that, to me, was just outstanding. Tavares was nice on the play. And uh, and Byrne just absolutely was cooking guys out there. Yeah, I think that's my second take takeaway from, from this preseason match, Danny, is that, that Nathan Byrne uh, was outstanding. And when you, when you think back to, to last season and when you think back to our last episode when I talked about the fullbacks being the strength of this team – uh, you could see Nathan Byrne and his ability to bomb forward. You, you showed that cross, and that cross was a left-footed cross. Right. And, and, and that pass into was space was a right-footed pass. He has the ability to do it with both both feet. And it, it was it was super interesting. And, and I was really, really good to see how out it was really good to see how outstanding Nathan mm-hmm. Byrne was today. Because when you think about the unit, when you think about the squad, when you think about players that you know, are automatically on the team sheet. I think Dean Smith has the ability tonight to just write down Nathan Byrne at the right back fullback position and move on for the with the rest of the squad. Yeah, as Len Kornacki commented there, you know, Byrne cemented his place in the starting 11 uh, today. And I think he was pretty much locked in anyway. Um, I love Jalen Lindsay. I would play Jalen Lindsay every game. The only problem is that Byrne's in his way now. And I think Ernan is kind of going to be the default at left, but I mean, just, you know, the movement without the ball even and just sort of being out there in in space and then finding more space with the ball. Just absolutely love it. The kid's amazing. Yeah. How about the starting lineup, Danny? You did a nice job of putting together a graphic uh, of well, the we, starting lineup. What what'd you we, think of the starting lineup? We do the graphics. You know, we do the graphics. We do the uh, – I don't know if I have a default view for this, uh, this mode here, but uh, we do these graphics, and this is what it looked like. Yeah. Ajmong started up top. How great did you feel when you saw Ajmong start up top? Well, it, it, I felt like it was the right thing to do. I think get him out mm-hmm. there, get him some minutes, uh, start him up top, and, and get a run in. And then, and and I think Patrick Ajmong and Enzo Capetti are going to be sharing time mm-hmm. in that that number nine role. And and to me, that is, you know, something that is is great to see. Right? You need depth at that number nine position. And I think ultimately, whether Patrick Ajmong starts, and and quite frankly, my my first thought. When Enzo Capetti came on and he looked really good, he looked fit, he looked strong. Uh, he was pressing. When, when's it, when Enzo presses, like that's when I really start to fall for the guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, you fall. And, and yeah. when he when he presses hard, I really love that. And I thought he pressed a lot more effectively than Patrick Ajimong did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to think about Patrick Ajimong as a super sub. 
And I think, you know, when, when, when you are entering into this 2024 season and there's only one spot for a striker mm-hmm. uh, based on the, the game and based on how uh, many goals Charlotte FC needs, or if they're trailing Patrick Ajamong as somebody to come off the bench is, is an unbelievable weapon for Dean Smith to have. So I really yeah. like that. He's a game changer because, because he always contributes to a goal. So you put him in when you desperately need a goal, right? For sure. And he, right. he just has the knack. Um, you know, the lineup looks good. I like the commitment to a 4-3-3. I think this is pretty much what it did look like in, in play uh, where Deagra kind of playing behind our field. Uh, Deagra a little bit more roaming, a little more central. You know how often I complained last year about Brecht being pinned up against the sideline in Latanzio's system. Hated that. Uh, thought Westwood was okay. Again, you never really – you have to make a point to watch Westwood a lot of times in a lot of games, and this was certainly one of those. Like, he does good, but you don't necessarily see what he's doing out there. But another invisibility, unfortunately, was the young kid. I don't think Petkovic made much of an impact. What did you think? Well, it's it, 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 you're leaning and setting me up for one of my other takeaways of this match, mm-hmm. which was that Ricky Puig owned right. – the midfield early. Mm-hmm. I thought our midfield was absolutely overwhelmed to start this match. I thought the 20 year old Pekovic had a really difficult time finding the game. Mm-hmm. I'd like, I'm not sure if there's going to be stats for this match, but I'd like to see how many touches mm-hmm. that he had, how many passes completed that he had, sure. because I don't think it was very many. Um, so I think there was a little bit left to be desired uh, with this midfield. And you could see a little bit of difference in class. I think Puige uh, specifically is is one of the best players in MLS, in my opinion. Yeah, sure. I think he's one of the best. Barcelona MLS, Academy. Yeah. MLS midfielders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that his class was on full display early. And I think midfield is an, is an opportunity. For instance, I think in that situation, <laughs> right? And and in that situation, Dan, and I mean this sincerely, is, is that, you know, there was there's one guy on this team that would have got the job done against Ricky Puig. It's Brant Bronico. Uh, that's that's your one-on-one defender, <laughs> right. and I think that's why Brant Bronico is on this team to lock people down in the midfield. So I still think there's a role for Brant in this squad. Yeah, I mean it's interesting that we didn't see Brant today. Didn't see Kalina either. So I mean, you know, I think I don't think Kalina has anything to worry about. I think he's locked in number one. I think it's just kind of Bingham right. and Marks getting some play. Um, I know Bridget was happy. Shout out to Bridget McCall in the chat. I know she loved to see Georgie Marks get out there in the second half. We'll look at the second half in a minute. What did you think of – I mean, I love that Tavares is up there. I think Tavares can play that left wing. I think that's a Vargas spot when Kerwin's back, obviously. Urin and I, I think the plan was just for him to play 30 minutes he, or so. He's kind of still getting in fitness and whatnot. I think so too. Uh, but when Diop came in, he actually – Pedro subbed out to left back and Diop played center back. Uh, do you think Diop is our center back of, of the moment? I mean, it, when he comes in, we, he's left-footed. And, and both he and Pedro are the left-footed center back that Dean said he wanted. And it, we're running out of time to get one in the window, so you know. Right. No, I, that's that's my final takeaway. I, I had you know uh, four really strong takeaways from this match, and 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 Hamani Diop is the left-footed center back for now. For now, uh, whether whether Dean Smith yeah. is able to sign a left-footed center back, I thought he did really well in that position. Mm-hmm. And not only did he do well in that position, Danny, uh, he also scored a goal. Exactly. That's what I, you, you teed me right up. I got a goal for you. This is actually the third goal. We're going to look at the second goal in a little bit. That's kind of going to be our big uh, reveal segment at the end as I, that I teased at the beginning. But here's Hamidi D out first. Kopiti with one and the other scored by a trialist for Charlotte.
Here's Kopatik. Let's it go. The shot towards goal. Score! And Charlotte takes the 3-0 lead on the LA Galaxy with a set-piece goal. And there it is. Fooled him. You know, got him. Uh, you even fooled the announcer. The announcer thought Copetti took it right at first because Enzo kind of like took that step towards it before Diop uh, slotted it home. I like it. He just kind of snuck it in there. Goalkeeper wasn't ready. And uh, Hamidi decided to burn him. I love the idea of uh, defensive players taking free kicks. I think that's always fun. It's mostly because of like my fantasy player and like fantasy soccer. Like I love to get like bonus points from defenders for things like that. So uh, Diop. Looked pretty good. Uh, you know, Len says he's deceptively quick. Bridget wonders about not seeing Tuoloma. I do wonder about that myself. But you like Diop. What do you think? Well, I, I, I think Diop, as far as being a left-footed center back, he's the only one that qualifies. That's on the team, Danny. Right. Right. Pay, so Joe pa JP. Joe Pedro. But, he, but yeah, that's, that's but he's true. like a left. You see him as a left back. I do see him as a left back, and I think, and that was the, the test case there to see those those two mm -hmm. players in both of those positions. Uh, but but ultimately. Uh, I want to be clear, right? Because we're starting to get into these conversations about why didn't we see Bill to Tuoloma? Why didn't we see Brent Bronico? Why didn't we see Christian Kalina? Well, would you, would you like me to tell you all why? Please, it's please do. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. And, and let's not make this more complicated than it is. Charles, he plays on Saturday. That's true. And this yeah, is preseason. play again in a few days. Yes. And, and we have the thinnest squad in the league. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all those guys that, that didn't play today, they will mm -hmm. play on Saturday promise Great you that call. Great call. and 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 what dean smith is doing is is he's managing his squad this is what mm -hmm. professional management looks like he needs to have guys ready to go on saturday this is preseason everybody's not fully match fit and he's doing a really nice job rotating the squad and, and uh that's what it looks like when you got a professional manager in right. the house danny right and, and we were missing kerwin vargas not due to health reasons so that's just like yet another thing that's kind of like uh knocking us down at the current moment uh, I agree with you. I, I totally expect to see Brant and Bill, Big Bill. We we heard from Jeff Atanella, former teammate of Tuiloma, that he's expecting the the Tuiloma sants to come uh, come through. Uh, how about Joe Garcia, who totally agrees with you, John? It's nice to have a competent gaffer. Uh, Joe, shout out to you, great contribution as always. Yes, uh, I love this from Carl Blessing. This comment though from the chat. The announcer not knowing any of our players was hilarious. I agree. Like Copa, we talked about Copa T. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, the wrong call on the goal there. But let me tell you this: there's one player that nobody knew. Not that announcer. Not anybody. And of course, we're talking about trialist. So who is trialist? Obviously, right? Like, can let's first look at trialist goal. So everybody knows. If you're actually paying attention, you know who trialist is. I'm not not. Just like it's a bit just for anybody that thinks I'm out here being bad journalism or whatever that I always like to accuse other people of. But trialist is Tariq Fosu, and uh, here's what he did uh, when he came out and started the second half. Giveaway here for the Galaxy, and the shot is saved by Mitrovic. Second ball, score! And Charlotte takes a 2-0 lead on the Galaxy. Miscue in their own half. Trying to advantage... The Galaxy trail 2-0 now. Michovic played it forward. It was picked off. He had to make the initial save. It dropped down in front and sent on home. Of course, Enzo celebrating like he scored it. Uh, sorry, it, it, the Viet clip glitched a little there, so you didn't quite see. Like, just a little. Really, I barely saw anything. Just a little. <laughs> you didn't really see the great aggressive play from Privet there who like really stepped in and like, like that was us pressing. That the the, the Tariq Fosu trialist goal was an example of Charlotte FC like 
pressing because we started to feel ourselves that it happened just a few minutes after Copetti's goal. And right. it was nice. You know, it, it's nice to like get that, like we steal it, we shoot it, they save it and we score the rebound. That's the type of goal. Like we love to see, we didn't see enough of that in the past. You know what type of goal it was also the type of goal that Charlotte FC typically concedes. Right, and right, right. It was, exactly. it was really, really nice to be on the, the other end of that. And it was Breck Diagra who who stepped up and, and mm -hmm. won the ball, Danny, in that scenario. And and to your and you took exactly what I wanted to say, which was that uh, I talked about Enzo Capetti pressing and really setting the press and and being the guy in that scenario to to mm -hmm. do the job. And I, I really loved what what I saw from Enzo Capetti and and Breck Diagre. Um, and Fosu and, and Tavares in that pressing uh, situation in the second half. I thought it was a really, really good sign. Yeah, uh, and forgive me, I, I was I rushed my second half. I hate to apologize for mistakes, but I just being transparent. I, I actually put Romero in there twice. Romero did not sub in for Westwood. He subbed in for Well, Romero can do it all, Danny. He can play yeah, a couple different positions. He can do it all. He can do it all. Someone did sub in for Westwood at some point, but um, – but a lot of guys did get out there. I just put that out there to show that Fosu was the guy. We know who Tariq Fosu is, uh, and and he's probably going to be signed at this point. He just scored. He scored a goal. He looked good out there. He played the whole second half, and I don't see why not. Do you think? Do you think it's time for this trialist to like finally be named uh, in our in the Game of Thrones references we love to make on this show? Does a man need a name or what? <laughs> you know, I've got, I actually got a couple thoughts on this, Danny, mm -hmm. and it's that. You know, first and foremost, yes, sign them, sign them tonight, sign his and ass, yeah. get get the, get the paperwork done, and and sign them tonight, and and get them on this squad. Um, but the other point that I want to make about this, and and you've already kind of alluded to this, the fact that the way MLS works is that when there's a trialist, you don't name him because he's not really signed, right? It's it's uh, club policy, is what I was told. I was told it's club policy to not name. Um, someone who's not under contract. So, yeah, I, I I kind of feel that that's a little bit inhumane. <laughs> right, you're just trialist, you know? It's like, like I, I do. I honestly yeah. feel like that's inhumane. There's like a bunch mm -hmm. of guys with names playing on the pitch, and, you know, there he is uh, with, with his Premier League or former championship. Yep. Played with played um, under Dean uh, uh, at Brentford. In, in the championship. Um, so... You know, you, you think about a guy like this, and yeah, I think he's a he's a warm body with a pulse, and we need to make a signing. So get him in. Yeah, uh, right. and he's there. He can help. He's building relationships. He can help. But I'm, he's I'm a like, free honestly, transfer. Just sign him. <laughs> like, let's I'm go. honestly like, yeah, I'm honestly being like tongue in cheek with the inhumane thing, but I'm but I don't like it. I, I, it actually rubs me the wrong way a little bit. I, I think um, I think there's some things about sport that feel a little bit aggressive, and I think the fact that there's there's somebody out there and people are refusing to call him by his name. I just find that to be very strange. I don't like it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's just my opinion, but it is what it is. It's weird. It is a little weird. It just feels weird. I agree. It's it just feels like yeah, like just name the guy. It, uh, Keegan McDonald. Uh, we love the real Keegan. He points out, you know, uh, could be a work visa, uh, work visa, immigration thing. Probably as soon as he's got that cleared up, uh, it looks like someone that Dean clearly wants. We we talked on the show in the past about like does Dean have anybody on his list of guys he's worked with in the past that he wants to bring in and uh that uh would be at least one guy ash asks would he be a d player regular player 
Def, I Sorry. don't see him being a, a DP what, at all. I can't, I can't see. I can't no, see no, 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 no. This is not a DP signing at all. Just a, a regular player in an international roster spot. Remember, uh, Charlotte FC has 652 international roster spots. Uh, so <laughs> he's got a chance to to sign on board in, in that spot. And I think it, uh, Fosu is, is somebody that um, – it should be should be signed uh, for sure. I, it, it, he's 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 somebody that you know we could really count on, and and the salary thing is a big deal, right? Because Jay mm-hmm. Forrest puts up there, he says the thing. I, I don't have confirmation on this, so um, right. sh- take Jay's word for it. Uh, we trust Jay. We don't we don't know Jay's sources, but we do trust him. Yeah. For what it's worth, three hundred twenty five thousand dollars is a lot of money on this Charlotte FC squad. Yeah, there's not a lot of players who make that that kind of money. Yeah. Um, so the negotiation, but it's less than Carujo was making. It's yeah. it's like sixty percent of what Carujo was making. So, but I want but I want to be clear. Like the to me, the tri- uh, Fosu out there and 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 playing on the wing and potentially being a signing. That's if I were to rank like the ten things that I cared about in this match, it would be ranked twelfth. You don't care about new players? Of course I do, but I mean. He's a man with no name playing on our squad yeah. in in a preseason game, right? Right. Let's you got to give us something. Man. He's the faceless man. <laughs> you know, give us you got to give us a little something besides that, right? Yeah. You know, I'm more interested in seeing the young guys who have been on this team for for, sure. for a long time, and and I think there was a there was a uh, good question here or a good statement by uh, McLean Robertson who says, yeah. "Is the Dean Smith era going to be the era of youngster youngsters, or is it just the preseason?" Uh, McLean, I think that's a fantastic question. What do you think, Danny? It's what we were told from the beginning. Dean Smith specializes in young players. Uh, Dean has cleared the decks. Dean has gotten a lot of guys out that he didn't see as part of his long-term vision. This guy's all about long-term vision. This guy's all about, I need a technical director who will run my academy. You know, I don't think he was brought in Tommy Smith, but just like, that's like a complimentary move because like the whole, it's a whole holistic approach to the the club and the, the franchise and the like, the project is like still growing and this is like a reset, you know, this is like, it is a rebuilding year. Like, I don't know if anyone would have denied it beforehand, but you, you know, now that this is a rebuilding year. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. We, we may be able to rebuild and thrive, but we're rebuilding. We've kicked almost everybody that was here before out of the club. So <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, certainly is. Uh, and, you know, but it was great to see the young players, like you said. I Just let me shout out uh, JJ for correcting. Since I put Romero came in for Westwood. It was actually Scardina. Thank you for reminding me there. Love, love Nicky Scardina. Loved seeing him play on uh, Legacy last year. So Dean's bringing – Dean wasn't here for the Legacy, but he's bringing these Legacy guys along and saying, get in my lineup, get on my, get on my pitch. Right, because whether it's Crown Legacy or, or whether it's Charlotte FC, it doesn't matter to Dean Smith. If you're a player a within point. this organization, if, if if you're a player within this organization, mm-hmm. he needs to take a look at you. And and yeah, sure, there's tape out there. You you can watch the 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 Apple streams of last year's Crown Legacy matches, but he needs to see it with his own two eyes. He needs to get the eye test done for for a lot of these young players. And it, it was it's really really nice to to see. And I want to call out Spurts guy as well. Um, really nice to see a solid four three three where we kept mm-hmm. it simple. Everyone knew their role. And I think uh, this specifically uh, is about the back line, right? I think Christian mm-hmm. Latanzio, his style, his his Pep Guardiola style with the left mm-hmm. center back, pushing up the pitch, really trying to play out of the back within the engine room. You know what Dean Smith asked his back line to do? Play a back four, a traditional right. back four. Y'all, yeah. y'all know what to do. And you know what ends up happening? 
clean right. sheet. And and fullbacks when we're in when possession, fullbacks get up and provide some width. Don't be standing near the center circle like Harrison Apple and Jalen Lindsay always were like, for the last year and a half. You know, so yeah, I totally agree. It's it's a much better like it's a back to basic system. Uh, shout out Spurts guy for pointing that out. I I think that's correct. Um, I, I loved what I saw. I think I think that's the whole part of it's not just what Dino can do for the individual players. It's what he can do for the system and making the players thrive, you know, and, uh, you know, it was refreshing to see, you know, it was uh, impressed with the structure of the team. I'm just reading off comments from our viewers here. I do have this question for you, though, John, and I know my answer, but does this game change our expectations at all for the season? I, I know we've been kind of measuring those. No, this this game, I, no, I don't think should not. change your expect expectations for, for the season. I, I do think what this game should do is is change your expectations about Enzo Capetti and it's cool, it's sir. not because he he scored the goal mm -hmm. it's because Enzo Capetti really looked like a true number nine on the mm -hmm. pitch in the second half I mean it run. jumped off the screen Danny his positioning was fabulous his finishing was was fabulous uh, they took him very seriously on top of the free kick. That's why Hamidi Diablo was able to slip that left-footed curly curler, low left-footed curler in that bottom left corner of the goal. It was yep. a beautiful free kick from yep. Diop and, and Capetti standing Point. over the, the – what's funny about that is uh, typically it would be Carroll in that situation in the past. And right, Capetti exactly. Would be, would be pissed. Capetti would well, be I thought about that because when I first thought Capetti – because I misheard that Copetti scored at first, and I was like – Man, he's got a brace with a free kick goal, but that was Diop. But still, like, but he contributed to it with his little stunt run. You know, he's like actually. And what else did he not do? What did he never do? Oh, I, you know what? There was one moment that he, uh, <laughs> he 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 didn't he didn't get fouled and and flail all over the pitch, right? Exactly, and and slow the game down. He like, bounced that guys to me, off him instead, right? Yes, like that to me was one of the biggest parts of of this game is that Enzo Capetti just looked like a mm -hmm. a, a player that was interested in actually playing the match. And not getting into it with the referee and not being the center of the tension. He was doing his job and and really doing it well. I thought there was a really funny moment though. There was a, there was a funny moment where he he slipped embarrassingly mm -hmm. and then he turned around and like punched the ground where the grass was. Like he got pissed off at the grass because he slipped. Um, he's an emotional Enzo. player. He's like and and I want to make this point about Enzo Capetti too. Is that I think one thing that we can all rally around is. The fact that Enzo Capetti is an emotional player, right? Enzo Capetti is somebody mm -hmm. that elicits emotion, and sometimes that emotion is is happiness. Sometimes that emotion is <laughs> anger, <laughs> and his ability to do that on the pitch it's it's not something that everybody has. And we need to figure out a way. Charlotte FC needs to figure out a way to bottle that up, Danny, and project that emotion onto the other squad. Right, because yeah. I think that there's a a lot of mind games that's being played out on the pitch. And Enzo Capetti, if he wants to play the mind game, he can play the mind game with other players. Don't play the mind game with the referee. Right. Oh, thank you. Exactly. Play play the mind game to win. You know, play. You know, when you play the game of Thrones, you either win or you die, and uh, it doesn't work going against the referees. You're exactly right. Play play against the other players for sure. The referees are not your opponents. Um, 
I, I, I love that. Jump take. In here. I, I just want to jump in here too, Danny. We've been doing this for 35 yeah. minutes. We just want to welcome everybody who's joined the stream late. Uh, we, Thank we're, you. We're, we're happy to do this and we're happy to be here on Charlotte Soccer Show. It's it's John Hayes. It's it's Danny Brams. It's Charlotte FC 3, LA Galaxy 0. So if you're joining the stream right now, hop in the comments. We'll, we'll get to your questions. We love uh, hanging out with the TFOs. And of course, we're, we're as always uh, presented by uh, Hopfly on the show. And as I'm looking at the calendar, Danny, right, let's break this thing down. Charlotte FC has a match on Saturday and mm -hmm. uh, where they're playing the earthquakes. Charlotte FC has a match then the following uh, Saturday, the 17th, wrapping up the Coachella Valley Invitational. It's Minnesota. Against against Minnesota, uh, a team that we're playing on Sunday at the Keep. It's our only Sunday game scheduled right now mm -hmm. at home, I believe, this season. I'm really looking forward to that one. And then finally, that 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 next week, that's how that's how close we are to, to kickoff here, is that two weeks from this Saturday, we will be at Hot Fly tailgating there before the match. We've got an unbelievable setup there. Um, big news is that our, our friends at Rare and Retro Soccer will be there as well with uh, kits uh, mm -hmm. for sale. Uh, and they've got great customer servers where you can buy a kit and pick it up later or have it shipped to you. So we'll have Rare and Retro Soccer yep. with, with us there out in the parking lot. And, and we're going to be celebrating hopefully a special uh, crushable cocktail keg from Elizabeth Parlor Room as well. So not only the TFOs are, are coming together, all our partners here in town, all the people that right. that we really love that are that are, that are trying to build this soccer community here in town. Yeah, it's going to be huge. I know a lot of the Mint City folks are showing up. That's going to be great. Uh, I, I cannot wait for this party at Hot Flight and just to get like the string of parties and get back in that like party all the time atmosphere. I want to uh, shout out uh, Jorge Torres. He's one of the great TFOs. And he says, is there a way for y'all to pull up Dean Smith's game reaction video? And I'm thinking to myself, Jorge, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. Of course there's a way for us to pull up Dean Smith's reaction video. Are you kidding me? Let's hear what Dino had to say. What do you? What, what about it? Overall thoughts on the game. Just the first game that fans could watch, albeit on a live stream. What do you hope they saw from your style and your team today? Um... Well, I'd like to have seen, they probably did see, because yeah. the first 30 minutes we were second best, um, you know, but we stayed Correct. in the game, we were hard to beat, they didn't have massive chances, uh, which was important, but we got our press wrong at times and they played through us a little bit too easy, and I just felt the physical side of the game, we probably had to make more contact with them than we did. Um, but we stayed in the game and that's the important thing, you know, they changed some players after 30 minutes and it probably helped us that they did that. But the reaction to that and staying in the game was, was excellent because I thought the second half we deserved the win and pressed really well, got our press right at times and you know scored three good goals. Uh, Enzo, good goal from him, running in behind pretty consistently. Uh, what do you see from him today? What, how do you hope he can best fit in this team and best succeed? Yeah, I, I think with him and Patrick, I've told them that I need them to be running in behind a lot more. I want them to be running towards the goal rather than into wide areas. And we saw that probably... Not so much from Patrick in the first half because we didn't have as much ball and we didn't win the ball back as much. But um, he took his goal really well and, you know, he was he was a good selfless player today and so, so really pleased with him. Great. Uh, at the end of the game, I think four super draft picks, three homegrowns on the field. How have you felt the young guys have come along so far in preseason? Yeah, it's, it's been a little bit tough on them because the last couple of games we've given away some late goals and, it, you know, there's a feeling it's because the younger lads are on the pitch. Um, you know, but we've just got our structure right and they're still learning as well. And I felt we had our structure right today. We managed the game really well with them young lads on. And, you know, we uh, could have scored a, a couple of more with the, 
the uh, counter-attack opportunity we had. Thank you very much, Dino. Cheers, thank you. Cheers, Dino. First, first, thank you. That's cheer. great. Cheers. A couple things I need to say before we dissect his comments. Number one, Will Martin always does a great job with the post-game interviews uh, with, with Dean Smith. Great to hear Will uh, ask those questions after these preseason matches. He's doing a fantastic job with that. Uh, shout out to Will. And then secondly, I mean, is uh, Dino looks like he's ready for uh, the music festival tonight. Those shades were, were, were sweet, Danny. Absolutely. Wow, I mean, absolutely true. Let, let's bring it up. Again, just on a uh, on a pause here. I mean, he looks good. He looks real, real good, right? I mean, that's that's our manager. What do you, th- what do you think that of Dean, the look? Dean Smith is our manager. I mean, it's kind of it's special. Yeah, I mean, what was Laddie was famous for the skinny jeans, right? <laughs> so uh, I like this look a lot more than skinny jeans and resting bitch face. I'll tell you that much for sure. Okay, so let's get into what he said. Let's get into what he said. Okay, let's what was get your, into what, what he your, said, what which is pretty point? much a lot of what you said. <laughs> yeah, I felt I felt that way for sure as he was speaking. Um, that his takeaways from the game were very similar, and mm-hmm. and I, I think that uh, the Suns doing him well, Keegan. Good call. I mean, I talk. You know, he's he's somebody that's been managing his in, in England his entire career. Uh, this time in February, he's usually dealing with an FA cup match. He's, he's dealing with a, a cold rainy night somewhere in the Midlands. Right. And this morning in the Coachella Valley, he's just kicking mm-hmm. back, manages, managing his, his team in in beautiful uh, California. Palm desert. I, I could do Palm desert, you know, yeah, right in the shadow of the San Jacinto mountains, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. But what about the first 30 minutes, right? Because um, if you're just joining us, this was one of my biggest takeaways from the match is that mm-hmm. uh, Puig owned that that midfield early. And I thought Puig, in my opinion, is one of the best players in MLS. And Dean Smith uh, saw that as well, is that uh, Puig was owning the game and, and, and LA Galaxy for the first 30 minutes were, were the better side. But it's nice to know that, that Charlotte FC was able to grow into the game. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And... He did admit that's why when you go back to Ash Hamrick's question from earlier in the show, I would be like, I can't change my expectations for the season based on this game because LA Galaxy's A, not a good first team, <laughs> B, played their C team for about 60 minutes of the match. So, like, it, it we can't like really take a lot of stock because the opponent was really bad. It was just nice to get a clean sheet and three goals, though. So, like, a 1-1 draw in that situation or a 2-1 win was not going to feel as nice as, as a 3-0 win. I think we can feel good about everything we saw today. It can't reset the expectations, and Dean knows that. I think it's clear from his post-game comments. He also shouted out Enzo. He was huge, as big on Enzo as you were, and he mentioned running in behind. He mentioned getting in behind. That was That was the thing, and that's what we saw on the goal. Yes, 100%. And I think the other thing that he said there that was really important was mentioning Enzo and, and Patrick specifically, right? Dean Smith and this project, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we're starting to see some decision-making, right? Camille Uziak, your, your your player profile is not what I want. Kyle mm-hmm. Swiderski, you want to go? Go right ahead. Right. What does that mean? Enzo Capetti and Patrick Algemong, they're my strikers, and I'm working yeah. with those two players to be my strikers in 2024 uh, until potentially the summer and, and you potentially sign another designated player or where you, you sign another designated player, right? I think that is that is a huge opportunity. You're seeing decisions to play young players, right? And and those decisions to play young players are paying off. Who made that assist, Danny? Uh, a Tavares. player, uh, Tavares from Crown Legacy, a player that Dean Smith, if you remember uh, previously in Miami, Dean Smith said he really likes the feet 
on Yuri Tavares. Mm-hmm. And he's somebody that has impressed in, in preseason, and, and he saw it again today. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Uh, if Copetti's great, then we're going to be very good. I really honestly believe that. So um, Copetti earning high marks from the manager. Ajmong maybe getting some some learning points. Ajmong was part of that first 30 minutes that we were not that effective. I will shout out, though, Ajmong did have – Let if I can call up one more clip here, let me fire up a clip that is worth watching at least um, – which was the Scotty Arfield chance because Scotty played really well. We haven't really talked about Scotty in this uh, this show, and that that's fine because uh, you know he was active. He was active, but didn't really do anything. But this was some nice build up here as we're watching in like the thirty seventh minute, and it uh, again it's Burn, you know, with a nice posture forcing the. Well, that actually that wasn't Burn. That was uh, Melanda, right? And then Ajman with a nice you know cut back there. Arfield doesn't do that well with the chance, but Ajmong's trying to create. So it's not like Ajmong had a horrible game, but you could tell the manager noted that Copetti certainly outplayed him if you're looking at 45 minutes versus 45 minutes. Yeah, that's a that's a great call. I, I made a note that in that minute, it was it was Nathan Byrne to Patrick Ajmong and, and to Scotty Arfield. Mm-hmm. And that combination play, I think, is, is really good. And w- what is the cliche for a soccer play-by-play announcer? Um, he, he would have like to have a, a second chance at that one mm-hmm. uh, that left second footed strike <laughs> yes yeah. uh, uh that that left footed strike right at the top mm-hmm. of the box uh one on one with a keeper i think Scotty typically does better with that but this mm-hmm. is preseason and and uh, Greg Franco i heard him check in earlier asking about Scotty Arfield at right wing i think what that is is Scott Arfield being the ultimate professional being able to play multiple positions Right now, there's a a hole at right wing, and let's count on the veteran Scotsman to plug the hole and get the job done. Yeah, and I, I like Scotty Arfield on the right wing a lot more than uh, Deagra on the right wing because I like Deagra more in the middle. Scotty, I think, knows how to make the right wing work for him, and there he is cutting in from the right wing to create this chance. And again, I mean, he is wide open with a struck at the left. He probably just was a little off balance and and he knows he, he kind of wasted the chance. But I did think for the first 15 minutes, he probably had the most touches on the pitch. And I, I love I love the idea of Scotty Arfield playing more minutes. I don't know if yeah, it'll right. happen. I don't know if today showed us anything, if that'll actually happen, but I'm never upset when he's on the pitch. That's for sure. Well, when Yuri Yurnin came off after about 30 minutes, he shot me a note and said, like, is that an injury substitution or does that have to do with uh, him maybe coming back for an injury? And mm-hmm. I think it was a, I, I thought it was a fair question because all of Charlotte FC's positive play was coming down that right-hand side through mm-hmm. Nathan Burns, Scott Arfield, and then ultimately into Patrick Ajimong there. Um, I thought Yeah, Yere was side, just running wind sprints out there for most of the game. Yes, that left side game. there in the, in the first half was, was not creating much of anything. Um, and Pekovic was on that side as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that was maybe a, a reason why I kind of circled him as somebody that, that did not look and, and have the game that maybe he wanted to have. But that's okay. He's 20 years old. And, you know, he's somebody that we can take a look at and say, okay, if, if he's, he's going to be a player in that left midfield position, mm-hmm. uh, we have the playmaker there with Deagre on the right-hand side. And that's where this connection, when you think about this, this 4-3-3 line, I want to be very specific here is, is that the connections are very easy to see. The, the, it's it's burn to Deagre into our field, into Ajumang. You want to work the ball um, yep. up the line and, and, and you want to be threatening down that right-hand side. That's why, that's why Dean Smith wants pace in this squad. That's mm-hmm. why he wants pace at the wing positions. And if you inject pace into where Scotty Arfield is playing there, you know, that can really work out for you. And I think ultimately on that left-hand side, the connection between, uh, 
Erinen, Petkovic, and, and Tavares in that first half. It just it just wasn't there. And what it took was, and I, and I think this is an important point. I haven't mentioned this yet about the the Capetti goal. We save the good is, stuff to the end on this show. This is the reward <laughs> for everyone who's still here. Nice job, Tifos. Did you see where Tavares was when he played that ball? Yeah, Danny. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he was not in an advanced position. Mm-hmm. He retreated to receive the ball in an area that he could receive the ball. He wasn't receiving the ball. There was no service to him at that left wing. So he did a really, really nice job of coming back to receive the ball in mm-hmm. his half of the field, pick his head up, find his striker. It's a really elite play. It's a professional play. And it's something that uh, your Tavares needs to hang his hat on because ultimately when you're not getting service at the wing position, your job is to retreat into your own half and get the ball, lift up your head and make a play. Uh, and and th- this look at it here, Danny, is brilliant. If you just play, press play here, he's got the ball on his left foot. Well, well for, I, I will play press play, but just first, look at those palm trees and that those mountains. <laughs> I mean, holy cannoli. I wish I was I am, there. You I were t- am by physically, the way, just, <laughs> I'm just physically like inside, here, inside but I'm like behind there. the scenes, behind the scenes of the show, John and I were like sitting on plane reservations to go out there to this tournament and we almost made we almost made it happen and couldn't quite make it happen but man it looks no. nice up. yeah i'm physically here but i'm mentally there there's no there's no doubt about that <laughs> but look at him here he's on the ball he re- he comes back to receive it he takes a look up and he used that right foot and and he just he lobs up a, a delicious, a delicious ball for Enzo Capetti. Catches him in stride. Capetti does the right thing. He 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 asks the keeper to, to go low and slots it around it. It's just a really that's in that area right there. That mm-hmm. is a very dangerous area. If you're the type of player that can that can retreat into your own half, receive a pass, and look and up that. and create. You know, there's mm-hmm. a famous pass, Danny. I forget who made the pass. But we were there in Atlanta, the Charlotte FC's uh, first match in Atlanta, very, very similar to the pass that ultimately led to the game-winning goal uh, for Atlanta United in that game where we were pitch side. Remember that ball that we saw? That yeah, it was, was Marcelino the, Moreno, sadly, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I do yeah, remember. So you remember. You remember, <laughs> right? That, that area of the pitch, if, if, you, if you have clash, you can really do strong work there. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, uh, Tavares, so it, it starts to beg the question of like, would Tavares potentially be the uh, starting winger ahead of our field once Vargas is back? Is can Tavares like spinning it forward? Can Tavares continue to play well enough in Coachella so that on February twenty fourth he's out there in the starting eleven with Kerwin Vargas fully back? You think that could happen? Well, here's what I'm starting to think. signings, or would yes. it be Fosu? Would it be the trialist? Well, here's here's what I think is that uh, Kerwin Vargas should have the opportunity to start if he doesn't that's okay remember at the the end of of last season where uh scotty arfield and justin miram were, were the the dynamic duo the subs off mm-hmm. the bench late in the mm-hmm. match and christian latanzio can can count on them you know i think that justin miram he's he's been replaced by tavares Yuri Tavares is that player that is going to to be that one-two duo off the bench with Scott Arfield if they both can't get in the starting lineup. They're both going to play. There's no doubt about that. And then I think that top three that you're seeing today mm-hmm. is is ultimately not the the starting forwards for this club, but they're three players that can come off the bench and make a real goal scoring difference for the club, and that's a yeah. huge asset for Dean Smith. I feel like this. I felt like this had the chance to potentially be a starting back four and a starting midfield three with a different keeper and front three than we'll probably see. That's that's kind of the way I saw it. Uh, but we'll, we got two more games to go uh, that'll be fun, competitive games, like you said. Um, I want to shout out 
everyone who's still with us in this channel. We've been going like almost an hour live here after the game, and it's been fun. Dean Smith's you know, formal presser is not going to kick off for another few hours, but it's, it was cool to get some of his on-pitch reaction. Uh, I want to shout out uh, Ewan, uh, Ewan Renard, one of our favorite tacticians on Twitter, a uh, guy who's contributed to the Full-Time Roundup podcast. And uh, just an all-around good guy, voice in the Charlotte community, a couple other pods he's on a lot of the times, I think, Crowncast. So uh, welcome, Ewan, and uh, just welcome everybody who's here. Like, thanks for all your comments, and, like, you can feel the joy. Like, after everything – it's been a rough week for Charlotte FC fans. I guess that's where I want to end It's just, that, like, there's been a lot of, like, drama over kit releases and freaking uh, uh, complaints about signings and, you know – people telling other fans to shut the fuck up and stuff like that. And it's just like, Hey, we won three nil. We got back on the pitch. We got to uh, have a nice day. I feel pretty good about it. Wait, I don't hear you. It's a great takeaway. My, my takeaway is, is that the, the vibes are good. You can tell that the vibes are good in the locker room and, and a three nil win, Danny. Only helps those vibes, right? The, yeah. the three 0 win is a very, very good thing for this locker room. It doesn't mean anything when it comes to to the standings. It doesn't mean anything as far as what Charlotte FC can do this season, but it helps build momentum, and that's what this this squad needs. It needs momentum heading into that February twenty fourth match well, it, against NYCFC. It's a great point that you've harped on, and you've been uh, one of sort of like one of the few voices, even way more than me. I give you credit for this, Johnny, because <laughs> you're a level headed guy. <laughs> I'm the I'm super, you know, I'm I'm here, there, and everywhere. You're like right, you know, down the middle for the most part. All I can say is as bad as the vibes may have been in the in the fan base recently, the vibes in the locker room have been great. Like right. seeing the guy, you're you're like you you have the right vision. You're focused on what is the squad doing, and we need to start taking our cues for as fans from the squad and seeing what our players are doing. They're having fun playing in the pool in California. The the team's releasing all kind of like fun social videos. Scotty's fucking around with the cameras and stuff like that. It's great, you know? So, like, let's make – hey, maybe we actually do have a good, fun squad that's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun to watch this year, you know? Maybe we should quit bitching so much. Right, and, and it's not about bitching. Like, there's there's obviously no. room for improvement in the roster, right? There's there's room for improvement in the roster, um, and that will come. And Dean Smith harped on it in his introductory press conference. He asked for patience. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I would look towards the fan base, and I would say <clears throat> it's February 7th. Hey, even the broadcast – think about it this way, Danny. <laughs> even the broadcaster who did the match, who had never heard of 99% of these players from Charlotte <laughs> FC – knew that he goes at one point he was like well you know there's still it's it's only february 7th and a lot of mls teams are still building their roster and there's going to be players mm -hmm. to come like even he knew that and he doesn't even know mm -hmm. how to pronounce copetti and copetti you know so, <laughs> so have a copetti um, with your with your with your second half goal so it, it's it's been a pleasure uh doing the show with always you, Danny, I think. wait one more one more always the copa t <laughs> Uh, it's been a pleasure doing the show. I, I appreciate all the CFOs hanging out in here. It's it's been great to to get your live comments mm -hmm. and um, you know just a couple couple extra comments before we get out of here. Zachary, Zachary Branham says, "What a game! Much needed, showing to ease a little the tension in the fan base." He's spot on. And Kyle Floyd, maybe I'm sipping the Kool Aid, but that game helped ease my stress a little bit. Um, so I'm, I think I'm that's sipping the, the espresso, and uh, I'm with you, Kyle. Yeah, so I think the, the big takeaway from today is that it's it certainly was uh, a a great day for Charlotte FC. It's it's a great day for the Charlotte FC fan base. And the best news is 
is that we go again on Saturday against the San Jose Earthquakes. We we do this again on Saturday? We could do this again on Saturday. Not the worst fun. idea in the I world. I said we do it again. Uh, do us a favor. Let the TFOs decide, maybe. Yes, let the TFOs decide. Do us a favor. Um, uh, like this uh, episode on, on YouTube. Uh, drop a comment. Share it with a friend. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our feed. Put on your notifications. When you put on your notifications, um, you have the option to select notify me when Charlotte Soccer Show goes live. I think it's a really smart thing to do. Um, click that notification. And then uh, if, if you're an audio listener, if you're listening to the podcast, I hope this was, a, was an easy listen for you. We did have a lot of video, video elements in this show, but we do our best to, to try to make this an, an audio experience as well. So hopefully you enjoyed the podcast and give us a rating, give us a review on the podcast. And any, any final thoughts, Danny? For the crown, baby. <laughs> <laughs>